didn't see you there. Something big is going on here. From hunting ghosts to Bigfoot. Paranormal, UFOs, true crime, and more. We won't just be spouting articles. I was researching for your entertainment. The beginning of a new world. <laughs> the best guac you'll ever fucking eat. True story. It's basically like one day you walk outside and you see that the ants are playing with matches. This, this is the Blackout Black Report. Report. See you on the other side. Um, hello everyone and welcome to the Black Cat Report. My name is Gil, and before bringing our special guest, I'd like to welcome in our other hosts, Selena. Hello. Betsabe. Hi. Joey. Hey. And that's it for our team. Um, tonight, I'm going to ask you to lock your doors, close the blinds, ignore that sound in the hall, and hide under your covers. Uh, we're bringing you into the world of paranormal investigation with our very special guest, Damien. Um, Damien is one of the co-founders of RKB Paranormal, a Tennessee-based investigation team with over 16 unique investigations under their belt and more on the way. Damien, how the hell are you? Doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. Pretty good. So I have the first question. All right. All right. A lot of people have had experiences with the paranormal, but not everyone goes out and pursues it. What got you interested in the paranormal? paranormal oh. <laughs> um i remember experiencing stuff since i was like three four years old um pretty much everywhere i lived i would experience something that i couldn't really explain and then when i you know my teenage years 15 16 years old um my best friend josh and my best friend keith we was always just really into it and so like on the weekend instead of out partying and getting drunk and stuff you'd find us in like in a cemetery or any abandoned house we heard might be haunted and we were just checking it out trying to figure out what the hell it was about so and then as we got older you know starting the team was actually something we'd always talked about so when we became adults we're like yeah we need to do this we need to go to all these places check this shit out but in uh june of 2011 keith was a cop in our hometown and he was shot and killed in the line of duty and uh, so that kind of, all that kind of came to a halt for a while. Um, something me and Josh still always talked about, even after Keith passed. And um, back in 2020, we hit up Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary in East Tennessee. And after everything that happened there, when we left, I was, we both were in agreement. It's time to start this. You know, we're closing in on 40 years old. You know, it's, it's, it's now or never. So when we started it two years ago, and we've been going strong ever since. Wow. That's awesome. Um, I'm really sorry to hear about your friend. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Sorry about that. Yeah. I do I do want to point out, I think it's I think it's so awesome that y'all did what you did um with you know your childhood like dreams and your plans and you really just uh you you kept his spirit alive, mm -hmm. you know, and you're keeping it alive like doing this and it's I don't know. I just thought that and, was so cool. And that's why we named the team after him. So that way you know, we could kind of honor him and he could still, in a way, be with us during investigations. So it's amazing. You probably see a bunch of houses um, wherever you look for your houses. I, I heard Facebook, but wherever you look for your houses, you must see dozens of them that could have the potential to be haunted. How do you vet the houses and locations that you go to? Um, usually, like I said, I just find out about them on Facebook. And if I know people that's been there, I'll reach out to them to kind of see, you know, how it went for them. 
And if I feel like it's worth going to, we uh, pitch it to the team and then we start planning from there. Um, sometimes I'll do a little bit of research on the place. Sometimes in, sometimes we'll just go in kind of completely blind just to kind of see what happens and see if anything kind of matches up with the stories we've heard and stuff. So, mm-hmm. so it's, it's pretty much been Facebook. So <clears throat> that's pretty cool. I never would have thought of that as like a place to look for haunted houses. Yeah. You'd be surprised. It makes perfect like I said, sense. A few of the places that I knew about beforehand, but like a lot of the places we've been to never knew of it until I joined some of these groups on Facebook. So yeah. Do you, do you have a rating system that's like in between one and 10, like 10 being we will never ever go there because it's too scary or one where it's like, oh, we can spend a night there. No, there's there's no place we won't go. That's cool. <laughs> but there's a few places my wife won't go, but uh, me and Josh, we're down for everywhere. So <laughs> that's awesome. I that kind of leads me to I I wanted to ask you. Um, uh, so exorcism, so possession. If you did have the chance to witness to be present at an exorcism, uh, a possession, um, would you? Would you do it? Would you go? If I was single, I would say in a heartbeat. <laughs> um, you know, with being married and having three kids, I wouldn't want to risk, you know, that shit jumping into me and me bringing it home and affecting my family. So, yeah. so if, if I was single, I wouldn't think twice about it. But, you know, being married with three kids, I, I'd have to shoot it down. <laughs> That's a good answer. Yeah. That's a good answer. That's, That's a very good answer. Very thoughtful. <laughs> My, um... Well, I grew up in like the Catholic church, like old school Mexican family. And so did my friend. His mom actually attended a lot of ex- exorcisms. And he told me so many crazy stories about them. I don't know if I would have wanted to be present. Yeah, had some wild shit. <laughs> yeah, like he was present because she oh, couldn't wow. find a babysitter. And she's like, close your eyes, honey. Oh, goodness. And he's like hearing all of these noises and like he'll peek and see something weird and be like, oh, God. But. He might have been safer at home playing with matches. Like, literally. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jesus. <laughs> so about like, uh, you know, we went over the rating scale and betting locations and you kind of have like a I guess like kind of a a trust or a hunch system you know you kind of you you there are no folks that are there you kind of got a hunch because you're hearing a reputation on Facebook and stuff and in these different groups um Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to ask uh do you have any debunking methods you know because uh, I've I've lived in old homes that are 110 years old that you know the first couple times you hear those old pipes bang Mm. Right. it'll put the fear of God into you right away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we try to debunk everything before we automatically say, okay, that was something paranormal. Um, like the last place we went to, it was an old, it was an old funeral home and there was water leaking in the building and all this other stuff. So this water leaking at times will sound like somebody walking around in that room mm. and we'd, ha- we'd have to get up and just double check, make sure, you know, and, and once we get in there, you know, it'd be the, the water dripping. So we we try to debunk every single thing we can before we just throw it out there to the world and say, okay, this was something paranormal. Because a lot of teams, they won't do that. They'll just automatically assume 
or just say, hey, that was a ghost. Check out what we captured just to get clicks and likes and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're not about that. We're we're in it for the love of it. You know, if we didn't do these interviews, didn't have a Facebook, didn't have any of this stuff, we'd still be doing this. And it's just something that's always we've always loved and been fascinated by. So, yeah, but, but we definitely try to debunk everything we possibly can. So y'all are like almost um, partial home inspectors coming into them. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was, was going to say there's, there's definitely a, uh, there's definitely an amazingness that you guys are like, oh, not just throwing it out there. You guys are just sitting there like, oh, this, yeah, this is not really a ghost thing. This is kind of just your pipe leaking. So right. we're sorry that there's so much noise, but you know, you guys are safe. <laughs> what type of skills are helpful for paranormal investigations um like does somebody have to be sensitive to it or to have had like a previous experience um i would i wouldn't say you need any kind of special qualifications um as long as you're open to it and you're willing to accept what could or could not happen um the best thing to have is patience in my opinion um because you can go to some of these locations and be there for seven eight nine hours and not have a thing happen and you could go back the very next night and you'd be having stuff pop off left and right. So if you don't mm-hmm. have the patience for it, you're probably not going to make it. Mm, that makes sense. Do you ever think of using like mediums in your um, investigations? We, we've thought about it. Um, I don't really know any personal mediums. Um, we've thought about reaching out a couple of times just to bring them along. If nothing else is take them through the walkthrough with us to mm-hmm. kind of see what they pick up on. Um, so that's something we're open to if we actually ever actually find one. <laughs> yeah, that would be really cool. What's the longest you've stayed at a house or like a a site until just to figure out if you could see something or feel something? Um, typically, we're there between six and eight hours. Um, probably the longest is probably about eight or nine hours. That was probably at Brushy Mountain. We ended up getting to actually start about two hours earlier than what we scheduled to. Um, so we was there from about seven at night till probably three or four in the morning. So that's awesome. <laughs> it's a long night though. It is a very, very long night. It was, but it was worth it. So I saw the video of was that um when you guys went to Tennessee where the painting flew? Yeah, that was at an old jail here in, in Tennessee. It's in Huntsville, oh Tennessee. Oh, my God. That, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's, that's been probably the craziest thing we've experienced to date. And uh, It was so creepy. It's, it when just it happened, fell so perfectly. As, as you can tell by the reaction, it was, it was an intense thing. And you know, where most people would have been <laughs> done after that. You know, I would have been punching the air. <laughs> after we kind of calmed down, we immediately played the video back. And we went downstairs because everywhere we go, there's always somebody that has to stay on site for insurance purposes and all that stuff. And she was down in her office um, with noise canceling headphones on. So she had no clue what was going on. And we brought her upstairs. We're like, hey, um, check this out. And we tried for probably 20 minutes to get that picture to fly off the same way by just kind of slapping it ourselves. And we couldn't get it to, to do anything. It would just fall straight down. And so... And what's crazy about it is right before that happened, we, we heard a woman from the hallway saying help. 
And so that's where I drew our attention to the hallway. And as soon as we open that door and I say, hello, that picture goes flying through there. And you can tell by my reaction, it, it kind of yeah. me. But at the same time, at the same time, you know, yeah. I was I was so fucking hyped because like, did I actually yeah. just witness yeah. this? And then for to have the presence of mind, like everybody stays to actually film the entire thing. Like it, it was, it was a little bit of luck on, on that end too, because like I said, it happened so quick. I didn't know if I was video on the floor, if I was, you know, turn the camera off. So luckily we captured all of it. And uh, the people that oversee that jail, whenever they bring another group in, they present on that video when they have like a ghost walk, just like people That's coming so through the cool. building at night, just kind of through a, they present that evidence to them and it's become like a part of their tour now. So it's really cool. I think I think you and I would have had a similar vocabulary uh, in that situation. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can say for for honest truth, I would be the person in the basement with the noise canceling headphones. Like, no, you guys, you guys go have some fun upstairs. I'll just be down here. <laughs> yeah. And what's crazy is that same picture had fallen once before that night, and. When we went downstairs and got Miranda, we asked her, you know, hey, has this ever fallen before? Because they'd only been open about two months when we went. And she's like, no, we've had other pictures fall, but that one hasn't fallen. And we heard it and captured the audio of it falling, but we didn't actually capture it falling. So I don't know how it came off the wall then if it was knocked off the same way. And so I, I just kind of debunked it and kind of tossed it out. I was like, you know, maybe somebody was messing with it during the day and it wasn't stuck on the wall very well because it's hung up by like four or five Velcro strips. So when it's on the wall, it takes some force to get it off. So I was like, you know, maybe somebody was messing with it during the day and it wasn't held on very well. I was, we just kind of threw it out. But then for it to go flying through the air and flip in midair and go about four and a half feet the other direction, I was like, I don't, I don't think that mm -hmm. just fell off the wall. No, <laughs> it, it looks... I mean, obviously, erasing the visible person, it looks like somebody went up and just slapped it down on the top left corner, and it just right. like flips through the air and lands like a few feet over away on the right. And it was and see when I when I got home that morning, it was about a three hour drive home. So we I got home about four in the morning, and I slept maybe like two hours. Like I was so hyped, it's like I got to show my wife this, and so I'm just showing it to her on this little LED screen, and she right off the bat she sees the hand. Yep. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, I do not see this. And then I get it on the laptop and I send it over to Miranda, who actually puts the video together for me and brightens it up and all that stuff. And she sent me a screenshot before she sent me the video. And she goes, you're not going to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so and when she sent me the video, I was like, what the hell, man? I was like, did we actually witness this? It was it was insane. I, the first time I saw the video, you and I were you and I were messaging on Instagram, and uh, you sent it to me a couple days ago. I watched it, and I swear to God, for a brief moment, you kind of see a very faint, like almost like it's already fading out, just apparition, like moving across the doorway towards the actual photo, and then it falls. Like you're walking in the door, and you're like, "Hello." hello and then it's boom like falls down and seeing they've said they've said other people have seen that in the video too i haven't been able to see it and i've watched it yeah. a thousand times but they said that other people said they can see like a head when they see the hand and else and i'm like 
even with it slowed down, I'm like, I'm watching real closely and I'm like, I, I can only see the hand, but I'm not doubting anybody else. So. <laughs> it was, I swear to God, I saw it. I tried to look at it again and I, this might sound silly, but I feel like if you're not focusing hard the first time you see it, you know, if you're kind of looking at everything as a whole, you'll see it. But then when you expect to look in a spot on the screen, it's not apparent. I don't, I don't know if that makes any right. sense, but like, yeah. I'm going to have to watch it again here when we get finished. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it on my laptop and slow it yeah, down Don't expect to see it and you'll be good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, the first time you sent it to me, you were like, hey, this is really good video, you know, we took. And I just, I was kind of watching as a whole because I had no idea what to expect. You know, I'm like looking at the corners, looking at the sides, like trying to listen for stuff. And I'm, I guess I was opened up to something happening but i had no specific climax in mind you know and that i don't know i saw it <laughs> that's all i can say speaking of like moments like that do you have any other like favorite moments from your time investigating um i don't know if i would call this a favorite moment but it's something that really sticks out to me um when we were at Brushview Mountain, we didn't have like any equipment whatsoever. We had a EMF detector and I think we had a digital recorder and that's all we had. And uh, so we didn't have any video cameras, nothing. So we just kind of went in with two pieces of equipment. And so we're walking through the courtyard, Josh and I are, and he's got some, somebody let us do some dowsing rods. We had those two. And he's asking some questions and it's crossing for yes and opening up for no and stuff. And I just started getting kind of pissed off. And I, I couldn't figure out why. And we kept walking. He kept asking questions. I just kept getting more angry. And then we walk into the gymnasium. And he asked, I don't remember what he asked. But like, I threw my hands up in there and I was like, fuck it, I'm done. I stormed out. Like, I was so pissed off. I got across the courtyard, got past the rest of our friends. And within 30 seconds, I went from super angry to like, literally, I was crying in tears. I had no idea why. And when I went back and was listening, because I was, he was using the recorder and I was kind of listening to it all and the questions he was asking and the answers he was responding was getting in response. It sounded yeah. like we were contacting oh, wow. with somebody that was in prison for, for something they didn't do. So it was like, I was feeling their anger for being in prison for being innocent wow. and then feeling their sadness for spending the rest of their life there on something they didn't even do. And that was that was the first time that that's ever intense. happened, and oh it's gosh. the only time it's ever happened. But it was it was intense. Can't imagine feeling someone else's feelings kind of flow through me without you know actually feeling those being your own feelings, right? Like I said, I had no idea what was going on because I was like, he was just asking just normal questions. I was like, why am I getting so mad right now? And within, like I said, thirty seconds, I went from pissed wow. off to like i literally broke down in, in tears for about 25 seconds i really like that you guys debunk stuff first you like look to debunk stuff first and then you go okay i can't debunk this so this must be this thing unlike a lot of other people that are like let's believe this first and then try to debunk it later you know what i mean like i love that that's your your formula for things because it, it allows you guys to have a little bit more credibility in that area that you're just like oh no like, mm -hmm. I understand that, you know, 
obviously a lot of people, you know, some people who don't believe in it, we're going to be the first ones to be like, no, that's just a leaky pipe or something like that. And then you're like, actually, I did all the research into this. This is not a leaky pipe. You know, this is not the ceiling right. groaning or something like that. You're like, I, I have, I've done this. I've taken the time to research it, make sure we're good. And, and it's actually what it, what I think it is or what we think it is. And so that I think really lends you guys credibility. Is that something you guys, when you first started, were like, this is the, this is what we got to do first. Oh, absolutely. Like I say, cause we didn't want to put stuff out there on like false reports. Like if we knew a hundred percent that it, that was a leaking pipe or that was so-and-so talking in the next room, we didn't want to throw it out there to the world and just make everybody believe we were getting all this stuff because stuff, it, it doesn't happen all the time. And that's like what a lot of these teams and these shows want to portray that it happens like nonstop and it doesn't. Um, so even like in the moment, we'll try to debunk right then before we, we say it's, it's paranormal. Like in our last investigation, we had sent Josh upstairs by himself. And after about 10, 15 minutes, I got over the walk in. I said, okay, how's it going? About that time, the REM pod starts going off up there with him. And he's like, man, he's like, this REM pod is going crazy. And I go, I was like, are you sure it's not our walkies? Because walkie talkies can interfere with them and set them off. And he's like, he's like, I don't know. I don't think so. And so we go up there and we did figure out it was our walkies making them go off. But what was cool about it, when we got up there, we had the REM pod set up and we had an EMF detector propped up in the chair beside it. And about the time we got up there, that EMF detector went flying off the chair. And I was like, holy shit, okay. I was like, maybe something is going on up here. And of course, I tried to debunk it. I was like, well, let me put it back mm -hmm. up here. This is an old house, old floorboards. Maybe us walking around caused it to vibrate off. So I put it back in the chair and I'll walk around the chair four, five, six times, kind of bounce up and down on the floor and it never budges. And they'd have been sitting there for almost 15 minutes before it went flying through the air. So, like, that was something we kind of was like, okay, maybe that was something. Because Josh said when he seen it fly off, it lit all the way up to the red in midair. Like, something just grabbed a hold of it and just dropped it. And so, like I said, we we, we debunked it in the moment. And I've got all that on video. I haven't got it posted yet. But... so crazy. After, like, my experience with the paranormal, I would be interested in like investigating it but at the same time i'm so scared of like inviting it back in <clears throat> well see that's that's it's kind of how my wife was at first when she first joined the team she was kind of skeptical she's like i don't want to bring something home i was like well you know you're a religious person you know josh is religious you know y'all can say your prayers and stuff like that to kind of keep stuff away and so now anytime we we leave we always tell the spirits, thank you. You know, thank you for letting us into your home because it is their home. It's not ours. And we tell them, hey, you can't come home with us. You got to stay here. And then normally Josh or Kelly mm -hmm. want to say a prayer. And we all hope I that like that's a pretty good plan. Home, so I've never experienced anything that's paranormal. Do you think there's a reason why some people experience it and other people don't? Um. Not saying this is in your case, but I think in a lot of cases, like people don't want to open their minds up to it. So like in their head, they're like, you know, this isn't real. That didn't really happen. So they could be having stuff happen all around them, but in their head, it's not happening because they don't want to believe it. Um, like my mom, she was a, a non-believer 
for as long as I can remember. But when I took her to Waverly Hills, she walked out of that building 100% believer because she opened her mind up to the possibilities of stuff that could be happening in there. And so I think if you're not open to it, I think it's it's less likely something you'll experience something. Thank you for listening to the Black Cat Report and our interview with RKB Paranormal. If you would like to contact us, please email us at contact at blackcat.report and make sure to like and subscribe on your streaming service. And as always, let's get on with the podcast. You mentioned uh, shows a little bit ago um, and some of the, see a nice-ish way to put it, some of the distasteful methods that you see uh, displayed on these shows. Not not your words, my words, um, but I would say inflating, over-exaggeration, mm-hmm. right, of stuff. And uh, kind of like, well, you sit there, you know, uh, you're a paranormal investigator with a team of paranormal investigators. You're a co-founder of this. And, and like you said, one of your first moves coming in is, you know, put on your home inspector hat, start going through and uh, seeing if there's rational, um, you know, I guess uh, Newtonian based physics behind uh, uh, debunking some of these things. And so I'm sure you're sitting there and you're watching these shows and you're just like, dude, you didn't even look at the wall. You didn't even do this. You didn't even do that. Um, Mm -hmm. What's, uh, I guess, are there any good shows? Are there any good documentaries where you watch and and even if it's 85% of the time, 90% of the time, you're like, this is, this is accurate. This is, this is close, you know? Um, I enjoy all of them because it's entertainment. Um, Yeah. Some of them, like uh, like Ghost Adventures, has really went downhill in my opinion over the last few years because they just they over traumatize everything. And now, ninety five percent of the time, when they say they quote unquote see something, their camera's pointed in the complete opposite direction. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, okay. Um, personally, my my favorite show is Destination Fear. I feel like okay. they're probably the closest what it's like being on an actual investigation because there's a few some episodes where they don't really have anything going on and that's legit you know you can go into these places and not have a thing happen um i really enjoy portals to hell with jack and katrina that's i really enjoy that one um there again they don't get a whole lot of evidence which is true to the game um kindred spirits me and my wife really enjoy that one that's probably my wife's favorite one because she loves Adam and, and Amy. So, um, and just for shits and giggles, we started watching Conjuring Kesha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's, if you haven't watched it yet, she's she's over the top of everything. Um, not saying she's not really into this stuff, but she's putting on a big performance for the camera. Um, and actually a lot of the places I've found out about too, I've discovered because of these shows. And that's another reason I like watching them because they might go to a place I've never heard of that may be close by. And then I'm like, okay, let me Google this. Let me check this place out. So some of the places we found out about, uh, I found out because of these shows too. So I like watching them more or less for the history of the stuff. Yeah. More than the investigation parts. Like I said, most of the investigation, especially some of the more well-known shows are, they're just over the top and over dramatized. 
you and I kind of went back and forth about high about uh finding places to do investigations and you know haunted houses and things like that and uh I you know I I I was watching your videos and you're like inside of this decommissioned jail and you know this house and I'm like how how do they get permission to be there like how what what's the what's the background like what's the process you know um most all of them like 90 i'd say 95 percent of these locations advertise it you know hey we allow investigations it's x amount of dollars for x amount of hours you get on there you book it and you're good to go some of them will allow it but they don't promote it because they don't want that quote-unquote negative attention to their building because it's still some of them are still active buildings like there's some theaters that are still you know active theaters but they don't want to promote that side of it so you kind of have to hear about word of mouth and reach out to them and normally they're willing to work with you but a lot of the places they advertise it wow i wouldn't have, i wouldn't have guessed that but most of them that advertise it are places that aren't still in commission like they're more or less abandoned and whoever's whoever owns the building they're allowing investigations because they're wanting to restore the building and so that's what they use the money for they're trying to get it back to its heyday that's really smart of them to do that because they're making money from it instead of the building Mm -hmm. just being abandoned and no one does anything with it Mm -hmm. like the jail we went to the jail we went to where we caught that picture flying off the wall like the it's actually a uh, a law enforcement museum as well they opened it up that was your original idea they wanted to open up uh, a law enforcement museum but they had investigated there before when it was empty and they're like okay we could profit off of this too so during the day we can have the museum going then at night we can let people in here and investigate so they got three four different things you can do there that's that's really cool actually my wife and i are going there someday so, because he's never been there, and so we're going there during the. Do y'all do house calls? You know, uh, <laughs> um, do you handle or have you done any home investigations where there's still occupants living in the home and they're reporting um, poltergeists, they're reporting apparitions, they're reporting, you know, things like that? We have had people reach out to us um, through Facebook mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, we're still iffy about it. Um, because why is that some of a lot of the stuff they describe to us is like stuff you're going to see like in the conjuring and i'm like (laughs) i was like i don't know if we're we're cut out for that you know i don't want to see chairs flying through the air and the couch being levitated i was like i don't know if we're cut out for all that (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and then if say we do go in there and we don't experience anything and this person in their head is going to think you know maybe i'm just insane or you know i I just don't, I don't want to upset the people yeah. when nothing happens, but I also don't want to take a chance if say there is like something super demonic in there. It's like, I don't know if I want to go in there and bring that home with me. Yeah. Um, you know, not trying investig- to bring the bell witch home. Right. We've investigated, we've investigated my grandmother's house a few times because, you know, yeah. she's like, Hey, you know, there's all this stuff always going on. I want you guys to bring your stuff over and, and try to figure out what's going on. And so we've done that a few times uh, for her. And even though they say you're not supposed to investigate where you live, my wife and I have investigated where we live numerous times because we have shit here all the time. Why do I've never heard that that saying? Why why did they say that? 
honestly, I don't really know. I think they say, like, if there's something bad there, you maybe you don't want to know about it or you don't want to make it worse. And I'm like, you know, if it's something bad here and somebody else comes in, they're just going to make, they're going to stir it up too. So I don't yeah. understand. I've never understood that, that I guess, quote unquote rule. Don't, don't investigate your own home. We've done it several times and nothing has changed. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, it's kind of like, um, don't investigate your own home, but it's like the reason why you're investigating your home is because you already know something's there. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, uh, we, we just want to know who they are and why they're still here. I mean, it doesn't bother us that they knock on the wall or walk through the hallways or, um, the one, the one thing that really bothered us is when it knocked one of our pictures off the wall. Yeah. I was at, I was at the store grocery shop and my wife was working from home at the time and she called me like freaking out. She's like, you got to come home right now. I was like, what, what's going on? She goes, you got to get here. She's like, something's knocked this picture off and I'm just, I'm freaked the fuck out. I don't want to be here by myself. I'm like, it's like, all right, give me 20 minutes. I'll be home. So we have this, these pictures hanging up in our kitchen. And she's sitting back here in the bedroom on her computer doing her calls and stuff. And she hears, she said, it sounds like somebody rustling around in the kitchen. And she then, then she just hears this loud crash. She's like, you know, she goes, I finished my call, told my boss, hey, I think somebody's in my house. I need to go check, check out what's going on. She walks the house. She can't find nothing out of place. You know, the doors are still locked. She goes walking back through the kitchen and notices one of the pictures is off the wall. And she's like, something's knocked this picture off. And then I get home and she's unhung it back up. But I pull the picture off and the nail had never shifted. You know, and I hung it back up and I pounded my hand on the wall seven, eight times and it never vibrated off. So something like just physically picked it up off the nail and just dropped it. And so that really freaked her out. But since then, everything that's happened, she's been chill with. Like there was one night we were sitting in there watching TV and actually the hat I just took off a minute ago. It was sitting on our, our kitchen counter, went flying across the living room. Like somebody was just saying, hey, don't forget about us. Yeah. And of course, being the debunker, I was like, okay, maybe it was sitting on the very edge and just slowly slid off. Yeah. So I put it back up there, put it on the very edge and just kind of slowly pushed it off and it fell straight down every mm. time. When I put it back up there, the fourth, fourth or fifth time I kind of slapped it and where it flew and landed was where it landed when it flew off by itself. And what's really weird about this shit is we've noticed about two weeks before we have a scheduled investigation stuff at home will start picking up so they're reaching so out to their homies i guess <laughs> they're just trying to get us prepared or, or letting us know hey don't bring anybody back with yours i don't know but it's it's been doing that for about a year now that's wild so you're kind of getting that like pre-hitchhiker effect yeah <laughs> damn is there a trend that you find maybe like uh, churches or barns or something that are more haunted than the others? Um, we haven't done any churches yet. I, re I really want to do a church because, like I said, I'm not really a religious person, but churches have always kind of weirded me out. They kind of give me the creep, especially the real old yeah. ones. I don't really, it's not that it's a church. It's just, they just always look and feel creepy. And so that's a place <laughs> I've, I've been wanting to do is the old abandoned church. Um, but we've we have a lot of luck in jails. I don't know if it's hmm. because Josh is in corrections because he's been in, in corrections since he was 18. 
So I don't know if like that connection helps us out or, or what we, we seem to have our most luck in jails and prisons. Hmm. I mean, that is, um, that is a, a conscious point of pain, suffering, mental disturbance, um, you know, you have folks that are innocent, you have folks that are guilty, um, either way, they're there for years, right? you know, and uh, you have regularly scheduled deaths mm-hmm. taking place, you know, you have so much going on, um, jails, prisons, like that, that makes sense, that makes a lot of sense, like, um, I forget who, who said it, but they, uh, I think it was on Strange Familiars, uh, the host of Strange Familiars, but um, he had an excellent argument about, like, um, basically the reason why uh, graveyards are the least haunted places on the planet. (laughs) And it's because, like, people died somewhere else, you know, went over there, got dropped off, had some sort of uh, finalizing ceremony and stuff. So I don't I thought it was an interesting argument where it's just like, oh, well, the, the trauma didn't sense. happen there. That happened I mean, somewhere else. I mean, it, it makes yeah. sense, but at the same time, that's where their body's at. Maybe they're just attached to their body still. Because growing up, the, the place we frequented, freak, went to the most, I couldn't say the <laughs> word right, went to the most, was the cemetery. Um, it, of course, the cemetery and the land surrounded it had like this weird, crazy background to it. Um but I remember one night, it was um, it was me and Keith and his girlfriend at the time. We were just walking through here at three o'clock in the morning with his digital. Actually, it wasn't a digital recorder then; it had the little tapes in it. Um, <laughs> we were walking through. Just he was asking all these questions, and we go back into town and sit up in the middle of downtown, and we're listening to this thing. And he goes, "If there's somebody here, just let us know something." Right after he says that, clear as day, you hear a female say good morning. And it was like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I was like, no. And we played it back. Good morning. I was like, I was like, I was like, no shit, man. That was like the first time we actually caught something. And I was like, well, maybe that was, maybe that was, you know, Michelle talking. He's like, no, man, that's not her. Played it again and again and again. Good morning. Like right after he says it. And so I, I don't, I believe cemeteries can be haunted, but I don't think they can be as haunted as, say, a jail or a hospital or, you know, even a church. So do you have any kind of like running standard of like uh, what what is the gold standard in evidence? You know, like what would be something where you just like this is it. I can retire. You know, not saying you would, but like just like putting this on the shelf, you know, like this is what would that look like what would that be if if we were able to capture a full-blown full-body apparition i'd quit today and the chances of that happening is is very rare because most of the time when you see these videos and stuff it's normally you know something flying off the wall or you'll hear stuff moving but you never actually see what's causing it and so to capture a full-blown apparition is like the holy grail of evidence. So, I mean, I don't I, I say I don't think I would quit. I would be, uh, I want I want more of this because that's what happened last yeah. year when we caught that. I was like, okay, we've got, 
something we've been wanting to get, but now I want more of this. Yeah. And so, and as far as equipment, um, yeah, your, your, your best piece of equipment other than your, your senses is going to be a digital recorder because okay. you're more likely to capture audio of something than you are video. Um, so you can cat, you're going to be able to capture more EVPs and you're going to be able then then you're capturing something flying off the wall or something being knocked off a counter. So if you go out and do it yourself, you bring one thing, I would say bring a digital recorder. Okay. And would, this might be stupid, but would a recorder on a phone work? Oh yeah, absolutely. A lot yeah. of the ones Josh has caught, he's recorded on his phone. Okay. Well, dang. Yeah. You answered some I, of my I, questions. Oh, how do you Sorry. sleep at night? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because when I watch like a scary movie or just like even hear a story of someone telling me their experience, like Selena, when she told me about it, you know, I go home and I'm just thinking about it. And I'm just wondering, like, you actually going to all these places and seeing and hearing all this stuff. How do you just go home and sleep? <laughs> um, when that's a good question. Um, a lot of the times, a lot of the places we go, they're two, three hours away. So by the time we get home, the adrenaline of the night's already wore off, and you know, we've we've been up since five, six o'clock in the morning getting getting prepared. So by the time we get home, we're just like, oh, I'm ready to crash, <laughs> kick the shoes off, Makes and go sense. to bed. Um, now there has been times where there will be stuff that'll happen at home where it makes me kind of want to sleep with one eye open for a moment, you know, what, what the hell was that? You know, we're the only two home, the kids are, are gone for the weekend. So it's like, kind of keeps you on edge for a few minutes, but then I just kind of, just kind of ignore it. So. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of how I, I handled <laughs> living in a haunted house. I know. I'm I like, just kind of ignored it after a while. Yeah, like I, I said, I I've, I've had I've had stuff happen like everywhere I've, I've lived since I was like three years old. Probably the craziest thing is I remember it was I don't know how many of us lived there at the time. I was living at home with my mom, but there was probably nine of us living there. So it was like a whole big family of us living there. And I remember walking out, getting ready to walk out the basement door one night and I opened before I get to open the door, I see this woman standing in the yard and I'm like, huh? And I was like, all right, maybe my, my sister's got to be out here smoking or something. That's got to be her. And I stood there and probably looked at her for a good 10 or 15 seconds enough to realize that she was wearing a long white dress and her hair was, was white. And so I opened the screen door and just from the time the screen door passes in front of my face, she was gone. And I was like, that's, that's my, okay. And so my two younger brothers were sitting out there. We, there were some steps out there. So their back was to, uh, to this woman. And I was like, hey, was you know my sister out here? They're like, what are you talking about? I was like, was she just in the yard? They're like, man, we've been sitting out here hanging out for the last 45 minutes. Ain't nobody been out here. And I was like, bullshit. I was like, there was somebody just in the yard. Figure, Dude, there's nobody out here. I'm like, all right, that's okay. Three nights later, the girl I was dating at the time, she was there. And so I was getting ready to walk her out to her car, walking through the same set of doors. She stops in front of me. I'm like, what are you doing? She doesn't say anything. I'm like, hey, what's going on? And she finally snaps out of it. She goes, there's a woman in the yard. 
I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, there is a woman in your yard. And by then she kind of looked at me and she turned around. She goes, now she's gone. I was like, hold up. I was like, what did she look like? Because I hadn't told her about it. I was like, what did she look like? And she described the exact same thing. And I was like, I was like, well, you're not going to believe this, but I've I seen her like three nights ago. And she looked at me and she's like, no. I was like, I swear to God. And she's like, I'm gone. She, she never came back to the house at night anymore. That's like when um, I was seeing that little boy running up and down the hallway and my uncle was like, oh, do you see him too? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and you know how they say kids are like more open to seeing this stuff. My, my nephew was living there at the time. He was two or three at the time. I think three. And at the time I was having to share a room with a three-year-old, which was terrible. But I was sitting in the living room watching TV. His mom's trying to get him to sleep. And she texts me. She goes, he's in here talking to somebody. What are you talking about? She goes, she's like, he's looking at the closet door. The door was open. She goes, and he's talking to somebody in the closet. I was like, well, no. she goes, she goes, I swear to God. And she tried to record him talking to him. But of course, by the time she started recording, he had done kind of dozed off. It wasn't probably a week later. They told me about it when I got home. They said he came through the living room, went to the back door, opened the back door, said, y'all come on in, went back doing what he was doing, came back about 15 minutes later, opened the door again. And he's like, okay, we'll see y'all tomorrow. My sister was like, hey, buddy, who are you talking to? She goes, oh, I'm talking to the, to the soldier man and his little boy. She goes, she goes, what are you talking about? And she goes, the soldier man, he was... He was, oh, the, the closet. She, she asked him to describe the guy in the closet. She said the guy in the closet was covered in blood. This is a three-year-old saying this stuff. And so, but back to the, to the other part, she's like, yeah, the little boy and the, the soldier man came to play. We went back in Nana's room and played. And what's crazy about it is there's two tombstones in the side of the yard. One is of a, like a 28-year-old man who was, like a lieutenant or something back in like the 1800s. The other was like a two-year-old child. And oh he's not going to know that. He's three years old. I was like, holy shit. I was like, he just seen those two people that's buried on the side of the yard. Wow. <laughs> it, that it was crazy. Insane. My cousin also used to talk to her closet. And my uncle told me the creepiest story. Um, he was babysitting her like his room the way it was set up he could look out the bedroom door across the hall into her room and he was babysitting so he was in his room watching tv while she was in her room and the door was open and he just hears her talking so he starts like looking over and he sees her standing there looking up and talking to somebody and then he like looks at her and he's like, Kristen, what are you doing? And she like turned and looked at him and then closed the door. <laughs> and uh. he just was like, okay. And left, <laughs> left it like that. Sometimes you gotta let sleeping dogs lie. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the proper thing. <laughs> He was like, all right, see you later, kid.
right? <laughs> Finger guns. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs> oh my god. So I did want to get back. I, I kind of wanted to ask. Um, so we got your your the idea of like gold standard, right? The full body apparition, right? Um, what would be uh, your top spot or location to investigate? You know, all expenses paid. You don't got to worry about work. Everything's covered. You're you're free to go investigate as long as you want. What what would that be? Actually, got a whole list on my phone. Um, oh my God. Nice. <laughs> top of my list it has, and it's been there for a long time. Is um, Trans Allegheny. Trans Allegheny. Where's that? Uh, it's an old lunatic asylum up in um, West Virginia. Okay. Ooh. It's it's so he it's so huge, like you could spend an entire week in that place and probably still not cover the entire place. But just like the history of it and like the stuff that's been reported that happens there, I'm like, if I can never get there, that's my top spot. Um, and then there's a ton of places, the Conjuring House, obviously. Um, you got Penhurst up in Pennsylvania. You got the Stanley Hotel. Um, Lake Shawnee up in the, the abandoned amusement park up in West Virginia where like four or five kids got killed whenever it was open. Um, Bobby Mackey's Music World, that's the one place my wife refuses to go. Because um, this supposes Why? it's, they say it's something demonic is there and they claim okay. there's actually a portal to hell there. I mean, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if I buy into all that, but that's one place she's like, you go there, that's fine. I'm not going, I'm staying home. And she's like, you got to come home doused in holy water and this and that she goes you're not coming in until you know (laughs) everything's good and i'm like okay so that's that's one place it may just be me and josh going um yeah but yeah we have a a ton of places that and i'm actually knocking we plan on knocking one of those places off next year and it's a place i've been wanting to do for a long time it's an old elementary school oh it's already inherently creepy well part in ohio it's up in Middleton, Ohio, I think it is. It's called Post Town Elementary. Okay, okay. I'm and from Toledo, like, Ohio, so I'm just been to that area. I'm just intrigued by you know a school being so haunted. Yeah, and I've talked to a lot of people that's been there, and I've read like people's reviews on Facebook and stuff, and they're like, you know, this is probably the most active place I've ever been. You know, stuff going on left and right. There was one woman said she didn't even get through twenty five percent of the building. And she was like, I'm out. Oh, wow. So, and I'm like, and, and it's one of those reasonably priced places. So it's, and we've been wanting to travel farther than we have been. Like, I think the farthest we've traveled has probably been Brushy Mountain. So probably about three or four hours away. Um, so we're wanting to travel more up into Kentucky, Ohio, North Carolina, um, Georgia. We're wanting to hit a lot of places up in the South. Say you're one of our listeners, say, you know, just anybody. And, uh, you thought that you started to notice things happening in your house. Um, what would be your recommended methods or steps to start documenting things, to start debunking things, to start looking into it? Um, if they want to do it themselves, mm-hmm. I would suggest getting some 
some like little security cameras you can buy at Walmart. You know, they're most of them were night vision, set them up to where they record at night, especially if stuff's happening at night, or just have it record 24-7. And then if something happens, just kind of go back and review it. And then if you're documenting all this stuff and you want to know who it is, start asking questions. Even if you don't have a recorder, if you're recording on on the the camera, there's a good chance you may get something through the camera that'll respond back to you. Um but if they're not open to doing it to themselves, there's usually always a ton of teams that, that are willing to help that actually are doing it for the same reason we're doing it. Um, I always suggest doing a little research on the team before you just reach out to the first team you come across. Because um, because most all the teams I'm associated with that do do personal residences, they don't charge people. They just go in because they actually want to help the people. Um, so I would say if you contact a team that charges a probably wouldn't trust them um because they're probably just out to get your money tell you what you want to hear and then be on their way um so i I would do the research if you're looking to bring a team in you don't want to bring a team in get you some security cameras and you know a good digital recorder to set out one night and just go from there of course if it's demonic you may want to call you know a priest and and stuff to come bless the house and exercise the house and all that stuff or just I would suggest moving, but sometimes it just follows you to where, where you go. So, oh, it follows you. It can sometimes they can, yeah. Even if it's like another country, like like my wife's been told she's had something attached to her ever since she was a kid. Oh no, <laughs> she don't know who it is, but she said that she's had somebody attached to her since she was a kid. Yeah, I want to find out. I want because I've always kind of felt like that, but. See, so you want to find out too. I have not had any other like strange um, paranormal encounters since I've moved to North Carolina. And that sucks that even if you leave the house, move to another country, it will still follow you. And see, because you never know, it could be something attached to you. You know, if you buy like a lot of antiques, something could be attached to that chair you just bought or that old plate you just bought you just you just never know so and that's why you kind of want to investigate because say you do have a haunted trunk that is having is the reason behind all this stuff get rid of the trunk maybe it won't happen anymore because they're attached to the trunk and not you or your house or your land so yeah selena you need to check your jewelry and your clothes who knows you never know Especially if you bought it, things. Especially if you buy buy stuff like thrift stores or big yard sales, you know, estate sales. My uncle goes to a ton of estate sales, and he's bought all kinds of old antique furniture that he's brought into my grandmother's house. I'm like, that's probably some of the reason that you have so much shit going on here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this makes me realize that hipsters might be the most haunted demographic. Never know. <laughs> just everything's vintage everything's thrift store right another reason to stay away from them <laughs> hey i believe in thrifting you can find rkb paranormal online and on instagram we actually uh, just actually got our official website up about two days ago um so that's going to be rkbparanormal.com 
Um, it has links to all of our social accounts, our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all that. Um, we're doing our first paranormal um, convention in October. Um, it's in Lebanon, Tennessee at the Wilson County Fairgrounds. It's called Phantom Paul's and Historic Cause. And the people putting it on, um, I'm actually really good friends with one of the teams, um, Medics for Paranormal. And then the other team that's putting it on is uh, PPF Investigations. They were actually on one of the episodes with Condor and Kesha at a location they just did. Um, but the, the reason behind it is they're wanting they're donating part of the funds to um a senior dog sanctuary and then they're donating the other half of what they raised to like a historic haunted location and kind of help restore it and stuff like that so it's for a really good cause and you know people get to meet teams and they, i think they got some psychics and mediums coming out and they got all kinds when of is that? it's october 22nd so and uh, then we're doing another, it's not really a convention, it's more just like a meet and greet. Um, about two weeks later, actually one of the locations we've investigated in Kentucky, they, uh, it's just called the Paranormal Meet and Greet um, at the Old Stone Jail up in Franklin, Kentucky. We're going to attend that and just kind of meet some new people and just kind of hang out. And um, I've actually had the idea floating in my head uh, to, to try to do one in our hometown. I just don't know how, how well it would go over. Um, and as I've been talking to you guys that um, we're trying to get our own podcast started, um, I, I still haven't figured out the method I want to do yet. Um, I'm probably going to go with Zoom. It seems like it's, it'd probably be the, the easiest for me anyway. Um, it's going to be called Life Beyond Six Feet. Um, obviously, it's going to be a paranormal podcast. And I, I've already got you know, probably about 25 guests lined up that want to be on the show um like i said it's just i've got to get it up and going um i can't give out any names yet but there is three or four that's kind of well known to the paranormal world they've been on tv and stuff um i don't want to give out any names yet but um and then in october we're going to be featured in american paranormal magazine um nice. so, so we're pretty we're pretty excited about that and what's crazy about that is they have like a directory that you can like be listed on their website. And I think in the very back of the magazine, you can just like have your team listed on there. And I just reached out. I was like, Hey, how, how do I get in the directory? And the editor emailed me back probably a day later. And she's like, Hey, we've looked into your team. We want to feature you guys. I was like, I was like, I was like, are, I was like, are you serious? She's like, yeah. Oh, nice. He goes, we're like a bi-monthly magazine, but we're putting out a special Halloween edition this year. And we want you guys, because they feature two teams per per magazine. So he goes, we want you guys to be one of our featured teams. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, okay. I was like, tell us what you need. So we're, we're pretty excited about that too. I, I wanted to ask you this. Um, how often do you go out and do this? Is it like whenever you can or once, twice a week? If it was up to me, I'd be out constantly. Um, but of course, you know, we're all married, have kids, we got to work, be at home. Um, so we try to do an investigation about once every two to three months. Um, that way, it kind of gives gives us enough time to put back a little bit of money and stuff like that. I mean, it does help that we have 
16 members so we can all kind of split the cost on places which really helps um so we try to go at least every two to three months so like i said we had one in may and then we just had one a couple of weeks ago we got another coming up in about a month and then we got we're going back to that same jail that the pitcher flew off the wall we're going back there around halloween so and then like i said i think i've already got four or five places in mind for next year so we uh we got a whole whole list of things we got going on so it's going to be a busy next few months do you watch um secrets of skinwalker ranch are you a fan of that i i've seen you guys posting about it i haven't checked it out yet um it's on netflix ain't it it's crazy yeah it's um they just started putting it up on netflix I'm a huge okay. fan. Skinwalker Ranch has a a long-standing history of right, everything right. from ghosts, portals, Bigfoot, UFOs, uh, dire wolves. Um, you know, like you can think of it, it's there. Um, that's that's how that place up in Kentucky is. I was talking about Octagon Hall. They have reports of all that kind of stuff there too. That's insane. Uh, but. I think you would uh I think you would appreciate Brandon Fugel, the the owner of Skinwalker Ranch, the way he made an agreement with History Channel for recording the show. Mm-hmm. Because you know they track paranormal stuff and UFOs and da-da-da. Um, and they're facing the same pressure about like uh all right, well, may have been chill the day of recording. But what happens when it's produced and what happens when mm-hmm. you're sitting there and you're watching it on TV four months later and you're like, the hell, that wasn't even the same place. Like, what it what right. it, you know. Um, but Brandon Fugles had to constantly fight to keep to keep the producers on point. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I would be too. Yeah. I'm like, it's... if you want an authentic show that shows what it's really like, yeah. because it's not nonstop. No, you know, if it's a super active night, great. You're probably going to get a good rating that 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 episode. If yeah. it's kind of a boring night, you, people might turn it off. But hey, if they really want to see what it's like, they'll continue watching it. Totally. And, and that's I, and that's kind of that's kind of what we're wanting to do with our YouTube. Because at first, I was just putting the good stuff on there. I think mean, people don't want to see all this. The, the the boring stuff in between as people would call it but i'm like you know what this is what it's really like and so what i'm gonna be releasing from that funeral home there's 10 minutes of us sitting in a room just asking asking questions and nothing's going on yeah and, and that's some that's something i appreciate about y'all um you know like going through your videos uh looking over your accounts and stuff is that uh well, one, when you do deliver a jump scare, it scares the hell out of you. <laughs> you know. Um, well, most of the but, jump scares in our stuff is me getting spooked myself by my myself. Um, <laughs> like in the video I just released of uh, the first video of the funeral home, I got scared shitless because I seen myself in a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, That'd be I, I've even. I'd do. I've even released yeah. a blooper reel of all the funny stuff that's happened in our investigations. Oh my god, that's so funny! So it's uh, 
So most of the time when you hear screaming, it's probably because I've been scared by something that's not paranormal. <laughs> <laughs> so as, as my wife calls me, I'm the, I'm the Aaron of the team because he always seemed to, on Ghost Adventures, he'd be the one to always get spooked the most. <laughs> so, and it was crazy when we were doing our walkthrough that night, me and my wife were upstairs and they had an old like armoire upstairs that had mirrors on it. And I told her, I was like, at some point, tonight somebody's going to see themselves in one of these because there's a ton of mirrors in this house like somebody's going to cast their 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 the reflection and it's, it's going to scare them it wasn't five minutes later i was the one screaming <laughs> <laughs> so. That's hilarious. at least you had the foresight you knew mm -hmm. <laughs> and so the rest of the night when i walked down that certain hallway i made sure i knew exactly where that mirror was at because i knew it was bound to happen again but it it, it didn't but i knew it was going to happen at some point <laughs> just, just waiting you either throw up your arms but then you realize your reflection isn't moving thank you for listening to the black cat report we're enjoying our spooky chat with rkb paranormal and we hope you're enjoying listening too you can contact us at contact at blackcat.report if you have any story ideas and also make sure to always like and subscribe on your streaming platform now back to the rest of the podcast have any of y'all ever actually went on an investigation not yet. No, but I'd want to. Yeah, I'd be game. I'm mean, scared I mean, as hell, it, but I'd be game. It, it, <laughs> it's a rush, even if nothing happens, because you're always on edge, because you never know what could happen when you walk around this corner or when you say hello, if something's going to say something back or throw something at you. It's like it's always intense because you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, and occasionally you will have those nights where like nothing does happen. Like, and actually, our very first like official investigation when we started the team after Brushy Mountain, we went to a an old plantation house in Tennessee, and uh, it's actually still in operation, and people can have weddings there and stuff like that. But uh, it was absolutely dead. Like no pun intended, it was a dead night, <laughs> and. It got to the point where me and Josh are sitting downstairs on that couch and we, we start falling asleep. And so that's where I'm, I try to tell people that this stuff doesn't happen all the time. And the saying we like to use the most is it's like fishing. You could mm -hmm. go one night and not have a bite the entire time you're there. You can go back to the exact same spot the next night and you'll be getting bites left and right. So, and, and that's what I want to start showing on our YouTube is that this stuff doesn't happen on cue all the time that i'm i'm glad you use that use that metaphor because that's something that's bothered me for years about folks that try to debunk hauntings you know debunk the paranormal debunk ghosts debunk this is and even some of these you know travel channel shows and things like that um but they'll use as a reference uh say it'll be some janitor who saw a full body apparition you know appear moving through some place in like a, a repeated pattern or something like mm -hmm. that and and they'll use that on a ghost tour for years they'll be like yes so even the janitor mr green he saw this and he's like yep i saw it one night i've been working here 65 years the same shift 
and I saw it one time. Mm-hmm. And then they go there, and then they're like, well, we didn't catch anything. It's not haunted. And it's like, right. what the? <laughs> you know, this guy's been going here five, six, seven days a week, 50, 60 years, saw something one time. That doesn't debunk anything if you go there for four hours and you don't see something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it really is hit or miss. That that's happened to us at the old stone jail. Um, I've talked to several teams that just had crazy activity the whole time we were there. And when we were there, nothing happened. I got scared by a mannequin. If that counts, but <laughs> okay, I mean, but what were, the hell's a mannequin doing there? The part of it is set up like a museum. Uh oh, okay. And okay. uh and so you know, that was another one of those nights where not much happened. Yeah, but I've talked to other teams and I've seen their 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 videos and stuff where stuff's just popping off left and right. So it's just more or less you're on their time. If they want to show out for you, they're going to. If they they don't want to, they're going to just sit back and watch you just walk around in the dark. Breakers. <laughs> so, do you think they choose who they show up to, or it's just random? Like, do you think like, hey, we like to speak cool, let's say hi. Or do you think they're just, it, it's just, they're on a different timeline, you know, and they show up for a reason? I think it depends on if you're dealing with a residual haunting or an intelligent haunting. Um, if it's residual, it may not happen all the time. It may just happen every so often, and but it's the exact same thing that's happening every time you go there. If it's intelligent, you know, they're like me and you, they're going to sit there and like, okay, these people are in here doing this. Do I feel like showing out tonight? Or am I just gonna make them wonder if I'm really here? So the intelligent ones, I think I think they may pick and choose. I know I would. Yeah, I guess we never really got into the types of hauntings. Um <laughs> <laughs> skipping the obvious here. Um we, yeah, we've so never, said that. yeah, we've never really experienced many residual hauntings. It's all been intelligent stuff. How do you, how can you tell which one's intelligent and when they'll do something almost on cue like if they're interacting with you if say we have a REM pod set up and it starts going off we'll say okay if that was you will you do that again and so if it's intelligent they're going to do it again if it's residual the chances are it's not going to happen again so there's there's one video I think I may have shared that uh we had two minutes of, of REM pod activity yeah. Well, like I would tell it to get out of the chair, and as soon as I say stand up out of the chair, it would stop beeping. And so we we've had a lot of that. We've had stuff at that jail we're going back to. We had some we had stuff coming through our ovulus telling us to read this article on the wall. Like it was literally spitting out words in this article, wanting us to read this article to them. And it was about some some crazy murder that happened there years ago. And it was spitting out all these words. And I got to looking around the room and I noticed this article. And I was like, man, that word they spit out, that word it spit out. And it wasn't just like your normal everyday words. It was like actual words in this article. And I was like, that's really weird. And when I told the ladies about it the next, you know, the next day. They said since then, that's happened to a lot of teams. Or like it'll direct them to a certain article or a certain room, wanting them to find what's going on in that room. And so like that's the intelligence stuff you're dealing with. Like that that picture being knocked off the wall. 
we basically told it to do that. We didn't tell it to do that, but we were saying, okay, you've been doing all this stuff all night. You've been getting our attention. We need you to do something to prove to us you're really here. And about that time is when that woman said hello, or help rather, and we walked out and that picture flame gets slapped off the wall. So they do respond to you. It may not happen when you want it to happen, but it they they will respond to you. So we're saying like they and you know we're all we're all referring them to like they and stuff like that, and especially with intelligent uh, hauntings. Um, how do we conceptualize that? Like how, how do we conceptualize the uh, the existence? when nobody's there is it kind of like uh when a tree falls you know if nobody's no. around to hear it doesn't really happen is it still happening um obviously you know open to diversity of these types of things but um yeah i guess i i guess i was taught early anytime they gets brought up a lot uh ask what ask who they is you know like what what's going on in their mind or their existence out there like what as, as somebody who um well investigates this you know has a team co-founded team with this um where are you at in conceptualizing uh what what they are they're people just like me and you they may not be here in the physical form anymore but they whether it's a girl or a guy they were human once I don't look at them any differently than I'm, that I would be talking to one of you guys. I, you know, I treat them with the same respect as I would anybody. And we don't, we, we all do that. We don't go in there trying to, you know, provoke them and piss them off. We treat them with respect. I mean, because most of the time, the places we go, I mean, even if it's a prison, they were still human. And they may have done bad things, but we may not know what they did to be in there it could have been something because especially at brushy mountain that they would they put children in that prison they, they put people in there for stealing bread and they would be in mm. prison for five years yeah. so just because you're in a prison or a jail doesn't mean you're always interacting with somebody that was a total asshole in life so i mean i, I treat them just the same as I would anybody else. Now we do kind of push them a little bit, kind of, I guess, motivate them more or less mm -hmm. as where some teams come in talking shit to them, trying to piss them off to get them to do something. And, you know, you don't want to do that mm -hmm. because you don't know if that's something evil or not, or something that's going to attach itself to you and come home and terrorize you at home. So if yeah. you go in with that mindset that, hey, this could be bad, we don't need to go in here and piss this thing off, then I, I think you're all good. Now, of course, there's always that chance that even if you do go in respectful, it, 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 you still got that chance of something being just terrible and, and doing all kinds of crazy shit to you. Yeah. Do you think they know what they are or where they are? I don't know if you watched the movie The Others mm -hmm. and it really hit me to thinking like, oh my God, what if they don't even know 
they're the ghosts or you know um they're not in a different dimension or something like spoiler alert i think some of them do but then i think there might be some that we may be ghosts to them Uh (laughs) they may be living their everyday life and then they hear us randomly talking and they have no clue where it's coming from like the others right right like i remember i don't remember what place it was at but i remember hearing some audio of this guy saying oh where are you at and the woman comes back well i'm right here where are you at I, i don't see you where are you where are you coming from like she was talking like she was living and he was the ghost it was it was crazy but but that's just how what i believe in my head so so do you think it i guess sometimes with these uh i guess we'll call them like hot spots right Mm -hmm. even though it's a uh misnomer this should be called cold spots right but (laughs) um, but uh but with these cold spots right um do you think sometimes it's interdimensional um you know interdimensional in the sense of currently living i don't know let's get crazy with string theory you know <laughs> connecting all these dots and stuff but um you think it's like interdimensional like there's a crossover a thin veil between dimensions um i'm one of those people that that kind of believe that anything's possible okay i mean we may never be able to prove it or to, to show it but just because we can't see it or prove it how do we know that it doesn't exist or that's not happening i mean like a lot of people don't believe in aliens just because you've never seen one doesn't mean they're not out there you know so just like a lot of people don't believe in ghosts they're around you all the time Hmm. whether whether you believe it or not you could have somebody sitting right beside you would never know it because they're not letting you know it it's just uh, you know, one of those this. things <laughs> yeah. you just caused everyone all of our listeners for years from now to just be uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. like i said just because you can't see it doesn't mean it, it doesn't exist or it's not there it's true. i mean that's just that's just how i feel about stuff like that so earlier this year uh, um I heard probably the best argument for for uh for ghosts, for spirits, for, for apparitions, for things like this. Um very simple. Energy can't be created or destroyed. Transfers, right? Always. That's just everything everywhere around us shows us that specifically. It always just transfers, it disperses, things like that. So what happens to thoughts? You know, all those thoughts that you have in your mind when you're laying in bed at night, when, you know, when Betsabe can't sleep, um, <laughs> you know, when like when you're coming back from an investigation and you're just kind of cycling through things, all of these thoughts that we have that we hear, you know, in our minds, um, but we never act on. Mm-hmm. Where does the energy go? where's the exhaust right and that got me at least thinking into it where i was just like that to me shows like energy is our uh, consciousness is an energy mm-hmm. just 
case in point <laughs> you <Right>. know <laughs> um and so when you die where does that go is it just moving around through the universe is it stuck in place is it stuck to an object a traumatic event to an experience that all of a sudden it starts making a lot more sense to me but mm -hmm. yeah just wanted I mean, to throw could, that in there it could be a, it could be all of those things yeah it's again just because you can't prove it doesn't mean it's not happening i mean th there's so many questions that may never be answered and that that's that's another reason why we enjoy doing this because we have so many questions about this stuff you know never know who knows maybe we'll be the ones that breaks through and figures it all out you, you just don't know and it's just one of those many things that you may never know also animals in and like you said kids they can see more than we can see um i don't know if you have any pets but like sometimes bonbon will be looking at something and i'm like why are you looking at <laughs> we don't have any pets but um there's I remember this one specific time um with my ex-wife I was back in what was my man cave and I was <laughs> coming through to go to bed one night it was like one o'clock in the morning and her grandfather lived with us and so <clears throat> when I got about halfway through the living room I heard a deep male voice say hello huh. so I kind of jumped and it startled me I thought it was him and I turn around, his bedroom door still closed, the bathroom lights not on, and our cat was looking in that direction, like all hunched, hunched up with his hair all sticking up and was like hissing or whatever it was doing. I was like, I'm gonna go ahead and go to bed because I don't want to <laughs> kind of see what that was. But you're like, you got this cat. So, <laughs> it was uh my grandmother, she says her dogs would do that stuff all the time. They'll just, they'll bark at like the most random spots of the house. And she's like, why are you barking at, you know, the, the fireplace? Or why are you barking at, at the corner of the chair? And then, so, yeah, I think animals can see all that stuff too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I too. wonder why, like, what is it that has them have that ability that us as humans, you know, well, most of us can't. Well, that's. I wish you like you could like get inside of an animal's head to see what they think and, and see <laughs> yeah. what they see to, to kind of figure out what goes on that causes that where like you said most of us can't see that so I wonder if it has to do with like their base like animal instincts just being more heightened than ours yeah, that's probably part of it because they're always you know they're always in that defense mode even if you don't realize it and so if they see something that we're not seeing they're automatically going to get in defense mode and then i wouldn't mind having like a ghost hunting dog you know <laughs> that we bring with us on investigations where maybe they can sense something that one of us might not or at least see something like my wife she can she's she's become she's been opened up to the sensitivity and she thinks she's always had it but she's been here over the last year or so she's been more open to it so now like just sitting at home she'll be like there's somebody in the hallway i'm like what are you, what are you talking about i was like everybody's in bed she goes now there's somebody like standing right in the hallway she goes i can feel them it just a couple of nights ago we were standing there talking she goes somebody just walked up behind me ah. i'm like no they didn't she goes yeah she goes i felt it i felt them come up behind me like they're standing over me listening to us and so she's become more open to that so 
her and Josh are like our sensitives of the group. And Josh, he had like a near-death experience a few years back. So that's kind of, that helped open him up a little bit, I think. And so he'll sense stuff and feel stuff that I may not feel or, or Adam may not feel. Or So it's good to have those type of people on your team too if, if you if you have any of those people that, that are into this stuff. What are the names of the people on your team and what their roles are? Um, well, there's me. I'm Damien. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Of course, there's there's Josh. He's my he's been my best friend for thirty years. Um, probably more close to thirty two years now. He's he's our other co-founder. Um, my wife Kelly's on the team. Um, our friend who lives in North Carolina. His name is Mark. He's a uh, he's been friend with with me and Josh probably about thirty years as well. Um, our good friend Adam. He recently rejoined the team. He was an original member of the team, but then some stuff happened when we started the team, and I more or less just booted everybody out but, like, four of us. Um, and he was the only one who didn't get upset about it. And so we recently brought him back on, and then his his wife went with us a couple weekends ago, so she may be our next member. So at the moment, we got five with a potential six joining soon. Um, and so... And we all have a similar role. Um, we all investigate. We all do research. Um, I do a lot of, I do most of the booking and stuff. But other than that, we're all, we're all equal. We all investigate. We all take turns during investigations, asking questions, doing the Estes method. Um, what, what method? The Estes method. You have your spirit box. You plug your headphones into them. You put your headphones on. You blindfold yourself where you can't see. So your senses are a little bit more heightened. Scared as shit. You're yeah. you're alone. We'll put you in a room by yourself. We'll be in the next room, just asking all these questions, and you're just spitting out whatever comes through. Sometimes it'll be in conjunction of what we're asking. Sometimes it's just random stuff. Um, yeah. We've had a lot of luck with it, um, where we'll ask or. A certain question and whatever they spit out i mean it may be a coincidence but it matches right up with whatever we're asking mm-hmm. um i think our most interesting one is um at the post office where three of us got scratched um yes yes you show me these photos my my wife and josh were on the top floor my wife was doing the ss method and me and mark were in the basement didn't even, didn't even know they were doing it and we're just down there i'm recording with my camera and the digital recorder just asking questions and whenever we went back upstairs she's like you know none of this stuff made sense i was like well, what what were you getting so some of the responses she was getting was answering the questions we were asking two floors down and we had no clue they were even doing that upstairs Oh wow! It was it was it was wild. That whole that whole building, a post office of all places, was has been one of our most active nights. Wow! Are there any other methods you guys use as well? Um, there's another one I recently just found out about. I haven't I haven't looked into it. Yet. They said it's similar to the uh, to the SS method. Um. We've done some different stuff with Josh. Um, 
like one of the jails we were at, we put him in one of the cells. He put his arms through the cells. We handcuffed him through the cell bars where he was, he, he couldn't go anywhere. So he was basically stuck until we uncuffed him. And so that was something we tried. Um, we're hoping we can get to a funeral home that actually has caskets still in them because we want to put him in a casket and do the Estes method. For, for, for him. <laughs> uh, I mean, he, he, he normally volunteers. So, I mean, I'd, I'm willing to do it, but he always kind of jumps the gun. He's like, hell, I'll do it. Go, go right ahead. So, I mean, I, we both did it at the, uh, the post office. We both got locked in separate vaults. Or like we were locked in this vault by ourselves, more like it was a bank vault. You know, you what had the, the twisty vaults. Yeah. In, in a post office. That that one, I didn't really understand that either, but <laughs> yeah. they were there in, in two separate places. There was a lot of stuff about that that building that, that was just really odd. And the people that kind of were the overseers of it, we felt like they were hiding some stuff. Like yeah. I don't know if like like, I don't know if, like, the town was telling them, hey, don't say this stuff, or the owners was kind of telling them, hey, don't tell this stuff. But there was a lot of stuff. Like, the guy would go to say something, and his wife would kind of look at him, kind of shake her head, or kind of do that motion, like, hey, you can't talk about that. So it was really weird. But, like, you know, I'm in this this vault by myself doing this Estes method, and... It keep it kept feeling like somebody's behind me, and of course I'm in there by myself. And after a few minutes, I kind of go like this: "Damn, like, my neck's burning!" And I was like, "Fuck this! I got to get out of here." And so I'm trying to open the door, and of course when Josh opens the door, it scares the hell out of me. But I was like, "What's going on?" I was like, "Man, my neck's burning." And when he checks my neck, there's three scratches going down the back of my neck, and. That's another thing a lot of these shows like to portray is, is three scratches is automatically de- evil or demonic, and that's that's not always the case. And we didn't take that chance. We automatically were like, you know, our night's done. Say this prayer. We're, we're going home. Just, we didn't we didn't know, but it doesn't always necessarily mean that it's bad. That could be their only way of communicating. They could be trying to touch you, and it comes out as three scratches. So. That's another thing that kind of annoys me about these shows is they automatically just say that that's a demon. I got scratched three times. You don't know that because nothing else crazy has happened through your, your entire episode, but that, and you haven't even said anything about being demonic until now. Just, it, that annoys me shit out of me. <laughs> so, and a lot of teams are like that too. They just automatically want to jump the gun. I'm like, you, you don't know that. I'm like, unless something just continuously evil happens and bad happens don't just assume that you're dealing with something bad but like i said we didn't take that risk because we we didn't know and we had done two of us had already got scratched prior to that so we were just kind of like you know maybe something crazy is here maybe we seem to go ahead and dip dip for the night so and coincidentally, <laughs> and coincidentally, not long after that investigation, they shut it down for public investigations. Like nobody's allowed to investigate there anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> they they said because the the building got sold and the new owner didn't want to do it, but sure. <laughs> it was just just really weird. That whole town is weird. Yeah, yeah it's I, super weird. 
post office that has multiple cells inside. Right? And, and there was you another know, room uh, down in the basement. Another room down in the basement almost felt like it was an interrogation room. Like it was just was a it? random room boxed in the basement. Like just a random room. There was nothing in the room. Was this there the was post one... office at Guantanamo Bay? Thank you for listening to the Black Cat Report and our interview with RKB Paranormal. You can find them online at rkbparanormal.com. And listen next week because we'll have a special guest co-host sitting in with us. If you have a story you would like us to cover, please email us at contact at blackcat.report. And always remember to like and subscribe. We'll see you on the other side.